Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone, the internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us uh, once again uh, to talk about something that's in probably the wardrobe of most men, that being the hat. And Peaky Blinders was back on the telly last night, so uh, many people are probably digging out their their Peaky Blinders-style caps. How old is the hat, Simon? The hat, um, for men, certainly, which is what I'm looking at today, it's hard to know exactly, Sean, but we do know that the oldest hat that's still in existence and very well preserved, I have to say, is over 5,000 years old, about 5,300 years old. It was discovered in 1991, if you remember Otzi, mm. the Iceman, um, Copper Age Man, um, so many thousands of years. Um, it was discovered in 1991 in the Italian Alps, um, brilliantly preserved. This is an extraordinary piece of clothing and I have to say, very cosy looking. I tweeted a picture <laughs> of this earlier. It's made with uh, brown bare fur um, so very well insulated it even has the two straps leather straps preserved to this day these come under the chin to tie it so that um, it fits nice and snugly Um, it looks a little bit I suppose if I was to describe it to the listener a little bit like a Yushanka which is the Russian hat that most people would be Mm. familiar with this is the Russian winter hat that Gorbachev used to wear and Yeltsin used to wear um, probably most famous for its uh, um, the way the flaps at the side the flaps at the side and with the Soviet insignia Mm. of the hammer and sickle on the front during the Soviet period often in grey uh, particularly in a military context but you can still get them on every street corner in in Moscow to this day. They're interesting because um, if you wear them properly you have got the Yushanka by the way is Russian it basically means ear hat or ear covering I think um, so it comes down over your ears and you can tie it under your chin but interestingly and I didn't know this because I've never seen anyone do it. But the front of a Yushanka hat also has a flap or a visor. So if you're in a blizzard, you can pull that front flap down over your eyes. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, you can't but see, you're of blind. course, but you're blind. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it stops, I suppose, the snow blow going straight into your eye and you'll yeah. be blind anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So that is the Yushanka. It's not as old as you expect. I think 17th, early 18th century. Um, it began to evolve into what we would recognise today. And then, of course, it had its heyday during the Soviet period. Mm. Now, in those parts of the world, of course, probably people always had to have hats because they were a practical thing uh, in that, you know, your head would literally freeze off. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction to make and why animal pelts were so prized for their warming insulation. Um, you can imagine in the Siberian winter it's something that you would really benefit from and it would be probably one of the most precious things in your wardrobe. But um, in an Irish-British context, the development of our hat culture is very different. I mean, the classic stereotypical hat of the 
British and Irish working class man in the first part of the 20th, the first half of the 20th century at least, is the flat cap. Mm. Um, nowadays they tend to be worn for sartorial fashion reasons um, but they were just part like you would it would be like yesterday when you wouldn't have left the house without your mask you wouldn't have left the house <laughs> without your flat cap well, yeah there was no function to the flat cap other no. than it was almost like I belong to a certain class of people I suppose by wearing it exactly yeah, yeah. but it was very much associated in fact it was legislated that it was part of the working classes. What do I mean by that, Sean? So in the 16th century, um, the the wool trade needed an injection of cash. And what London decided to do, of course, uh, we were part of the administration at that point, they decided to institute a new rule called the Statute of Apparel. This was passed in 1571 and it specifically stated that all citizens above the age of six, now when they say citizens there, they mean men, mm. all citizens above the age of six <laughs> except nobility had on Sabbath and holidays to wear caps of wool. Now if you refused to wear a woolen cap, you would be fined uh, three farthings, certainly in the late 16th century. Wow. So this was brought in, this law lasted for 26 years until 1597 when they, when they repealed it. But it had a profound impact on the culture of hat wearing in Ireland and, and Britain. Um, because when it was lifted, it, we were so ingrained in wearing these flat caps, these woolen hats, that we continued to wear them. And that's why they're so associ- associated to this day with Irish and British identity. Yeah. Now, the bowler hat, that was always struck me as kind of a bit posher. Though I don't know if anyone in Ireland ever wore a bowler hat. Very much an English thing, I would have thought. Yeah, well, they certainly wear them up in Northern Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) Good point, yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the bowler hat, very important part of certain uniforms. Um, The bowler hat is a funny one, Sean, because it was actually the first kind of uh, riding helmet in a way. It was made to be very firm and hard exterior so that uh, a, pol- a British politician by the Edward, by the name of Edward Coke um, in the 1840s he wanted a hat that he could wear while riding that if a branch hit his head it wouldn't hurt him or scratch his face. Okay. And the bowler was designed for those purposes. Now he brought his idea to Lock & Co which is a very famous um, hat makers in St. James's in London. He asked them to make this for him and they gave, they put their best hatters uh, on the job. I say hatters as opposed to milliners because I only discovered in the last few days that a milliner only makes hats for women and a hatter only makes hats oh. for men. Um, but he put the very best team, which was Thomas and William Bowler, on the case, brothers, and they designed this hat not because it's in the shape of a bowl, as some people may think, <laughs> but because their surname was Bowler and it became known as the Bowler as a result of that. Right. And so what's carroting? Yeah, so a lot of bowler ha- bowler hats and other types of Victorian headwear, they used to be carroted, Sean. This is where they were dipped into an orange-coloured liquid, which was essentially... Uh, mercury nitrate. And the point of doing this was that you weren't dipping the hat into this liquid, you were dipping the pelt 
that you were using to make the hat and this separated the fur from the skin of the animal okay because in mm. the in this period most hats were made with real uh, animal pelts fur etc now the problem of course with that is that mercury nitrate is highly toxic to humans and the if when it's inhaled or if when you come in direct contact with your skin etc um it has uh, a detrimental effect on one's health and the hatters started to suffer with a condition condition called erethism which is a disorder of the central nervous system and this is why the common phrase mad as a hatter started to develop oh. because if when your nervous system is attacked you started to appear to behave in what Victorians described as a mad way. It was known as Mad Hatter's disease. And people who worked in this industry were really affected by their exposure to this chemical. Oh my God, that's interesting. Nowadays, Simon, what would be the most popular men's hat? Would it be a beanie or a baseball cap? Well, or? I think <clears throat> probably the, the wool and the beanie. But I mean, I think the baseball hat would make a big stab at it. The baseball hat inevitably began with the sport of baseball. Um, it was the Knicks, the New York Knicks, then known as the Knickerbockers. They first demanded that they that their members wore um, apparel which gave the impression of being a gentleman. <clears throat> and um, the first ever cap that baseball players wore, the Knicks wore, was uh, a wide-brimmed straw hat. Now, over a period of a few decades, that transformed into a woolen hat. And eventually, in order for the players to be able to see the ball coming from altitude, they started to put a little brim on the front of it. And over time, that that brim came out further and further to the point where, what is it now? Probably about three or four inches yeah. that it comes out now. So it's, it was a slow evolution that the baseball cap came to look like what it does today. Still, perhaps one of America's most important fashion exports. Yeah, and mostly used by Hollywood celebrities to avoid being seen. Uh, uh, Simon, yes. thanks a million. Uh, as ever, fascinating stuff. Simon Tierney, there you are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.